We do have some notes for you. Luke chapter 6, verse 39 through 49. He also told them this parable. You there? Luke 6, verse 39. He also told them this parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they both not fall into a pit? A student is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank? In your own eye. You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your eye. Then you'll be able to see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Verse 43. No good tree bears bad fruit. Nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick up figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings out good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings out evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts... And puts him into practice. He's like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When the flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it. Because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck the house, it collapsed. And its destruction was complete. Father, tonight, in the remaining moments of this service, we ask, God, that you would move in great power. If you have the freedom to pray with your spirit, just do that right now. We give you praise and glory and honor for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Scientists have created all kinds of devices so that we can be examined. I believe Brother Hall probably could tell us all the testing that he has been through. Extensive testing. There's EKGs. There's heart tests. My wife, who uh, had diabetes since she was four, type 1, has to test her blood regularly. They have this little glucose meter. Her fingers are so calloused on the end of her fingers that, well, I mean, it's just amazing because her fingers have been poked so many times to test her blood sugar level. She has to do that about five times a day, has to take about four shots a day, kind of depending. And uh, I also want to say that for somebody who has diabetes from the time you're four to, to, to her age now, which is, what, 29, something like that, she has no complications At all. The doctors say, well, we don't understand that. No eye problems, no feet problems, no complications whatsoever. That's supernatural, but we're believing that she'll have to not take insulin any longer and that her her body will begin to produce insulin and glucagon and it will all work out great. The point is there's lots of tests that the medical world has. And we're encouraged by doctors to examine ourselves. There's methods how to do that. Ladies know about that. When they get over 50, gentlemen, you got to go for a test. Hallelujah, I'm not 50 yet. Thank you, Jesus. It's important to get those tests. It's important to get examinations. It's important to get your teeth checked. Because if you don't check your teeth, you might not know that you have a cavity. Then you're going to have to get that thing yanked and you won't have any teeth. Just as Jesus has just given the golden rule, verse 31, he moves into this, verse 31 of, of Luke 6. 
he moves into these parables. I've entitled the tonight's message, Examination Time. I figured if we didn't get you with the first holiness preaching I did this morning, we'll see if we can come with the right cross and hit you with this one. I told my, my, uh, my mother on the way over here on my cell phone, she goes, well, what would you preach on? I said, I preached on being the kind of person God can use. She says, oh, that's interesting. I said, yeah, I preached on basically holiness, living right, purity. Because, I mean, God can use a donkey. King James has another name for that. God can use that. But if you really want to be used to release the kingdom of God, you're going to have to live right. You know, God can use anything. He can use any donkey. Okay? But God wants us to live right. We talked about that. We talked about this morning about holiness and living right before God. So I told my mother, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing how fast I can shrink my church. I'll just preach on holiness and see what happens. Because I will not back off of preaching truth. I will not. I will not. You'll hear messages about how homosexuality, how homosexuality is sin. It's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And how basically we need to live for God, right? And I, I'm, not, I'm not here for a popularity contest. And, you know, maybe the church would be bigger if we just stayed a little bit more seeker-sensitive, but I refuse to do it. I'm going to preach the cross. I'm going to talk about Jesus. I'm going to talk about crucifying your flesh. And, you know, it's not always popular and it's not always comfortable. Well, here to give you some good medicine tonight. I'm going to try to sprinkle some sugar up on it to help you. The message is called self-examination time. It's essential, look at D, it's essential for all believers to examine themselves spiritually, lest we end up deceived and end up in the devil's place, missing the mark. It says in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 28, man ought to examine himself before he eats the bread and drinks the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. He's talking about communion. The Apostle Paul's saying, hey, don't just eat that like it's a little snack, a little juice and a little cracker, and just hammer it back. Understand what that represents. Now, it is not the body and the blood of Jesus, but it represents the body and the blood of Jesus. And Paul says to the Corinthian church, you ought to examine yourself before you take that, because if you don't, you could be drinking and eating judgment upon yourself. Whoa! Wow! And then it goes on to say in verse 30, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 30, that is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. Fallen asleep, he's saying basically, there's people that didn't examine themselves when they took the communion, and that's why some are weak, some are sick, and he says, and some died, fell asleep. He's talking about dying. That's a powerful meal. The meal that heals or kills you. We should serve communion right now. Ushers. I'm kidding. You remember when Jesus in the Last Supper, and I've, I've brought your attention to this many times. It's fascinating, really. Jesus in the Last Supper, he saw it all are clean except one. And uh, Judas took the bread and supped with him and ate. It then says in one of the Gospels, it says that then Satan entered him. It's interesting. There's lists of Scripture to examine ourselves. 1 Corinthians 6. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy. Come on, this is what my, my Bible reads this. Your Bible reads this? This is the Bible. Okay, all right. Nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. You say, Pastor, you just wiped out the whole church. Well, the good news is we can repent. Oh, God, we can repent. Galatians 5.16, the acts of the sinful nature, obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousies, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So Scripture encourages us, and there's lots of them, lots of Scriptures, to encourage us to examine our lives. Have self-examination time. So Jesus shows us how we are to test ourselves in the verses that we read. Four tests. Everybody say four. The first one is a test of your eyes. 
spiritual eyesight. Right there in the parable. Ask yourself this question. Who are you taught by? You say, well, I'm taught by you, Pastor. Well, yeah, maybe for about, if you come twice a week, maybe you're taught by me for an hour. How much TV do you actually watch? Average male, six hours a day. (laughs) We watched this movie. We went to see this movie last Monday called Mars Needs Moms. Uh, We went and and, and here's how we we view our movies. We don't just hope that it's going to be good. We go to a thing called Plugged In Online, go and look up, read all the reviews from Focus on the Family, and see the spiritual content, the whole thing, before I go pay my however much money. It's ridiculous to go see a movie. And and so I'll do that before so we don't have to wonder if we're going to get defiled. All right? So it it, it gave it like five stars, and it was great. So we went. We went to the movie. The movie talks about this... He's this little rebellious kid, but his mother is really a, a good mother. And she's training him, and she's correcting him, and, and trying to train the kid, but he's rebelling. And in Mars, they need moms. And Mars needs moms, it's called. And so they look through their little telescope for Mars, and they see with their little mother finder, whatever it is, here's this lady who's a great mom. And so they're going to snatch her, and they're going to pull her up because all of these Mars, they're all, the whole planet's women, as far as we know at that point. And they're going to extract this mother, and she's going to be sucked of all her mother anointing, and it's going to be transferred into robots, and these robots are going to mother this whole generation. So they come down, and they snatch the, they snatch the mom, and the boy jumps on to rescue his mother, jumps on the ship, and ends up this whole rescue mission. I won't tell you the whole movie, but I will say probably my favorite part is at the very end when we discover that there are actually men there, but they've been suppressed and put underneath the planet. Oh, it's America. It's like the church. Men have been domesticated. It's another message. Domesticated, neutered maybe. How about that? I love a strong church where there's strong men. I like that. And God's raising up, God's raising up great men of God. He is. And great women of God too. But women have really held the, held the battle in prayer for so many years. And so anyway, they, there's discovered that there's men. And so at the end, they discover that actually it's not just supposed to be these women and robots. They're supposed to be families. And each of these women are supposed to be mothers, but they didn't know it. So they suppressed all of these men because... <laughs> There's this this supervisor, this older mother who's over everything. She's kind of like the despot. And when it's finally discovered that all of these men, the the males, have been underneath the planet the whole time, they're saying, why did you do this? Why did you you suppress and wipe out the family? And she says in Martian language, all the men, they just want to dance around and the women have to do all the work. Okay, if I don't tie that into the message, then you just enjoy it as a whole. Who are you taught by? Who are you taught by? Like in that case, we'll just we'll use that illustration. These Martian women were taught by the supervisor who was teaching deception. They didn't know any better. Who are you taught by? How much TV do you watch? What are you reading? You're reading any Harlequin romance novels and you wonder why you're looking for the next drama in your own life. Some people watch Days of Our Idiots so much. Days of Our Lives. They watch so much Days of Our Lives that they they just know that their husband's having an affair because of all the... It just gets put in you. You get an impartation of stupid. See, you're getting... You're stepping on my toes. Good. Because if you're watching all of that stuff and it's constantly discipling you in the drama of the world and you will start thinking it, you'll start e- look you what you look at. Come on, be careful, little children, what you see. Be careful, little children, what you hear. For the Father up above is looking down at... All right, it's flannel graph time. You've got to be careful. So you've got to watch what you're seeing. Who's teaching you? Are they blind? You know, it amazes me. 
People like Jim Jones could lead a whole group of people to drink Kool-Aid. And you think, well, how could that happen? Jim Jones was a Pentecostal, on-fire guy, got all totally weirded out. And, 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 and people laughed, but lots of people gathered to them. There was a deception. It was demonic. And he led a whole bunch of people to basically kill themselves. I remember Hale Bob. Does anybody remember Hale Bob and the group of people from Texas, I think? I know some of you all from Texas, but I don't know why a bunch of these people come from Texas. We need to pray for Texas. Hallelujah. That's a small state, Texas. Do you remember Hale Bob? You remember Hale-Bopp? They, they all killed themselves so that because right behind Hale-Bopp, quote-unquote, was a group of people that were being raptured. And if they killed themselves, they'd end up living behind Hale-Bopp or something. A spaceship, right? Your teachers, are they blind? Who's teaching you? Some of you have friends that you talk with on a regular basis. They don't have a clue. You, 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 you talk with them and you, and you get wisdom from them and their own lives are trashed. Now, why, why would you? Have somebody who has a life who's upside down to give you wisdom. Those are called blind teachers. We're confronted by how we influence others. Are we leading somebody? I mean, I think we all are leading somebody. You're influencing them. Are you influencing them for the kingdom? Are you influencing them for Christ? You say, well, this is my house. I can do what I want to. Now, wait a second. If you've given your life to Jesus, and Jesus, Jesus owns it all, right? So that means you can't just do whatever you want to. It's supposed to be a living sacrifice, right? You know, the, t- the text is, how can you pull the, the speck out of your brother's eye when you have a plank in your own? A telephone pole in your own eye. Now, if you have a telephone pole protruding out of your head, you go try to, come on, we've done this before. You go try to pull the speck out of somebody's eye. We'll pretend this is the telephone pole. Micah, is there something in your eye? Can I get that for you? That's the picture. How can you help somebody else out when you've got a plank in your own eye? We can all be blind to our own shortcomings. Y'all with me? Number four, we can all be blind to our own shortcomings. We have a tendency to not smell our own stink. That's why, I don't, are we online tonight? We've had problems with the internet. All right. It's being recorded, so it'll be on the podcast. Is that right, Micah? All right. So for those of you listening, I'm going to tell you something. To listen to a message is not church. To watch TV and TV ministry is not church. It's not it's not the fullness of what God has for you. Why? Because you need somebody sitting next to you who can smell you. Go ahead, smell your neighbor. No, don't do it. Don't do it. You need somebody next to you who can see you, see your life, see your countenance. Somebody who can who can live with you, live with you, knows what's going on in your life. You can't. You get all isolated and you don't have accountability. You can get weird. And you know something? It can be very hard to go to a church, especially like this one, when you can be lovingly confronted. Well, we have people that leave that get confronted. Why? Because they don't want to be confronted. Many times people will jump from church to church to church to church to church just because they're not comfortable where they're at. I've got news for you. If you really want to go grow in God, now I know there's exceptions. There's people that want to just be critical and point out your every foot. They're the ones that have planks in their eyes. All right? You're going to run into them. Yeah, and, and you're going to get offended. If you hadn't gotten offended recently here, it's coming soon. Why? Because it's all part of you to learning to live above offense. If somebody can bend you out of shape and keep you from serving God, but well, then you probably were serving, serving man to begin with. And you really just need to get a little deeper, eat the meat, spit out the bones. I mean, I've got people that tell me how I should run the church on a regular basis. Some of them have great ideas. Some of them are totally clueless. I take the great ideas. I toss out the clueless ones. I, have, I, I, don't, mean, I don't mean toss the people out. I don't, I don't see that. I eat the meat and spit the bones. And God, God prophesies through my, my son, my children. Four years old, Danny gave me one of the strongest words I've ever gotten. You know, God can use anybody. Amen. You've got to be open and be humble, right? 
And we can be blind to our own shortcomings. It's like the other person's fat, not me. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to tell you something. I lost a bunch of weight. I lost 50 pounds. But I've kind of gotten off my routine a little bit. And I'm still working out real hard, but I'm not quite as fast as I was. And I was looking at myself in the mirror, you know, and I'm thinking, looking good. Praise the Lord. Until I turned sideways. Uh-oh. Some of you need to turn sideways. It's easy to look at yourself and go, well, looking pretty good. Hallelujah. Turn sideways. Take a look. And I realized, think I'm getting heavier. Gained about 15 pounds. Time to reel it in before 15 becomes 50. I've done it before. I've lost 50 before and gained back 60. Now I'm 15 pounds heavier. I feel like I'm still feeling not moving, not quite as. Don't be so intense about it. Lighten up a little bit. So I lighten up and I'm eating all kinds of stuff. And I never turn sideways. I turned sideways the other day, just yesterday, when, oh God, Houston, we have a problem. It can be that way in your life. I didn't say wife. I said life. It can be that way. Everybody say, Jesus, show me my shortcomings. Yeah, so that we can change. Look at the next test. It's the test of our limbs. It's the test of our fruit. The test of our limbs. The results of our actions are fruit. The doctor hits you with a mallet in the knee. To test your reactions and see how they are, it's a test really of your limbs. Your children are your fruit. The way that your children are living are your fruit. Hello, I mean, they come to a place where they choose. And sometimes we go through things in our family that weren't so great, especially before we found Christ. And so the harvest is, is there and they have to choose. But your children are your fruit. Your marriage is your fruit. I'll just talk to the men for a second. The woman you married 10 years ago, that's the woman you married. The one that you have now, that's the one you made, buddy. Forget it. I'm going to go back here and encourage myself. Preach, Pastor Daniel. That's a good word. Well, if you love your wife like Christ loved the church, you'll have a beautiful marriage. It'll work out. She might have been a witch, but if you love her like Jesus, she'll change. All right, let's go the other way around. Ladies. You might have married a lazy bum, but if you, if you, if you, you know, then that was your fault. I tell you, some people get married and you think, what are you thinking? You actually think you're going to make it. I mean, it's like amazing. Oh, she's so, she's, she's hot. She's fine. I've told you before, all that changes about 20 years from now. Just turn sideways. If you love, if you love your husband like Christ loved the church, now there's exceptions where there's hard-hearted people and, and there's, there's times when marriages should get divorced. It's true. So it's another message. But generally speaking, if you love each other like Jesus, that thing will shift. That thing will change. So oftentimes women, they want their husbands to change. They end up being the fourth part of the Trinity. There is no fourth part of the Trinity. Take your hands out of your pockets. How many times I told you pick up your DVDs? When do you need to come to church? You need to read your Bible. You need to pray. You need to pray. Look, you've got to tell a guy in such a way so that he thinks it's his idea. You've got to give him honor and respect. All right. If you do that, he'll flourish. I'm talking about the test of our limbs and your children. Is the church you're a part of being blessed by you? Is there fruit because you go to the church that you go to? Now, I'm mindful that there's people that listen to this. We have a large amount of people that listen to our podcast across the nation. 
So when I say your church, I'm talking about your church wherever you're going to church, but of course it applies to those that are here. Is the church blessed because you come? You know, how many of you have seen some of our renovations that are taking place? You know how that happened? We had, we had a, a brother in our church that said, God spoke to me. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the whole thing. And he's doing the whole thing. Well, I've prayed that God would help us with the different things that, that we've wanted to change, and he has. How, how about you? How's your fruit? Check your fruit. You know, you're supposed to be a fruit inspector. Some of you have rotten fruit. I have some. My wife helps me with that. The Lord helps me. Is the church you're part of being blessed by you? I want to say that when you realize you, when, when you, if you'll realize this, that when you begin to serve in your church, when you begin to serve and help, there comes a corresponding anointing to do that. When that a corresponding anointing, anointing the enablement or empowerment of the Spirit to be able to do that job, that, that service, that anointing or that empowerment comes on you for the rest of your life also. A divine ability. Are you doing more for God or less? Look at your notes. Look at three. Are you doing more for God or less? How are you doing? How are you doing in serving God? All right, number C, or letter C. Because C is not a number. Test your heart. Verse 45. Is there bitterness or anger in your heart? I had this guy say, you know, I was on the job the other day. And this guy just, you know, and he goes to church. He's cursing, dropping F-bombs all over the place. And he says, excuse my French. I said, it's not French, bro. Those are curses. And out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So what's coming out of your mouth, ladies and gentlemen, is what's on the inside of you. And when you are pressured and you're going through stuff, what's coming out is what's on the inside. Now I'm going to wrap myself out. Had a very intense week. Very intense. This is the sixth message I preached this week. I love it. It's great. It's all the other stuff that can be intense. Preaching and teaching and all of that's the, that's the, the, the party for me. I just love it. The pressure of starting Anchorage and just doing the different things. I found myself a little under prayer, prayed. Not prayed up quite enough. Not in the Word quite enough. And I found myself getting frustrated and I took some of that out on my family. I mean, I was a little short. I had a shorter fuse. So I'd ask my child to do something and they didn't hop to it. I'd say, hey, let's go. You know, just a little bit too much. I had to repent to my kids. I got short with you, Micah. Micah shot me a text. I fired him off two or three. I wasn't real nice. I never already repented, right? We good? <laughs> and I realized after all of that, and, and this, the, today I was able to have some time with the Lord with um, Pastor Sheets and Brother Pillow. I haven't done that. I haven't had a nap on Sunday like for, for a year because we've gone to Anchorage every and, and it was just great. And as I was resting, I felt like the Lord said, Son, you need to go to a new level of devotion to carry which I, what, you, what you're doing. And part of the frustration you're experiencing is the pressure of the fight and all of that. You cannot fight this in the flesh. You don't have the gifts to do it. You must get a new anointing. I'm going to get a new anointing. But I realized that pressure that was coming on me, what was coming out, was a frustration out of my mouth. And out of my, what's coming out of your mouth? Hello? Do you kiss your mother with that mouth? Hello? What's coming out of your mouth? What's coming out of your life? What's coming out of you is what's on the inside. Let's just close in prayer. Father, thank you so much. I feel conviction in here. Is there bitterness? Is there anger in your heart? It's not French. It's cursing. And blessing and cursing should not come from the same well. You need to learn to control your tongue. If you have a problem cursing, carry a bar of soap around in your pocket. And when you curse, suck 
on the bar of soap. Shortly thereafter, you will not be cursing. Come on, it's just a little, it's a little training. That you really, but you really need to get it out of your heart. What comes out when you're under pressure? I just kind of talked about that. What comes out when you're under times of pressure? Lemon juice should not come out. Gethsemane means oil press. When Jesus was in Gethsemane in the oil press, it was oil that came out. What's coming out of you when you're under pressure? It's a test of hearing. We're almost done. The test of hearing. I think it's, it's like your spiritual balance, verse 46. It's wonderful to hear a message. It's quite another to listen and obey. How well do you obey? How well do you obey God's Word? I've seen kids, I've seen kids say to their parents, stick their fingers in their ear and go, I'm not listening, la, 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 la. Everybody ever seen that? Yeah, you know what the thing is? I highly suggest you parents take your fingers place them on your kids' hands, pull them out of their ears, and make them obey. Because if you don't, then you'll be having to help people who are 50 like I do who still have their fingers in their ears. They're 50 years old, and they're still... Still making their own rules, still making their own thing, not submitted to authority, not moving forward into God's plan, thinking they have God's plan, but they're totally deceived because their balance is all off because they can't hear I've been that way. Anybody else been that way? Am I the only one? See, are you that way now? I'm not. How do you know? Because I've got people in my life. I've got accountable people that I'm accountable to that know me. I talk to them every week. The main one, my wife, she holds my shut-up card. Who holds your shut-up card? You know what a shut-up card is? A shut-up card is when somebody can say to you, when you know you've got God's plan and you know you've got God's timing and you know that you're going to do the will of God and walk on water and they can come up in front of you and say, shut up, you're wrong, and you listen. Who holds your shut-up card? Your wife ought to hold one. Well, they don't really hear God like I do. Your husband ought to hold your shut-up card. You say, what if, what, if they, what if they didn't hear God? My wife hears the Lord differently than I do, but she's powerfully used by God and is, is an instrument in my life to, to, to balance the will of God in my life. So I can hear something if she's not down for it and she says, we're not doing this, not now, then guess what? We're not doing this, not now. And it goes the other way. We learn God's timing as we flow together as one flesh. You've got to have, I mean, Dr. Morocco holds my shut-up card. People in my life hold, hold cards for me to say, hey, quiet. You have to have that. Otherwise, you'll get out of balance. You'll get weird. It's a test of our hearing, our spiritual balance. How well do you obey? Why do we not obey? That's a good question. Rebellion, selfishness, pride. We don't think that God knows better. Or we'll think that God will just bless my plan. God will just bless my plan. God's not obligated to bless your plan. He's merciful. He's kind. He's patient. We want to prosper, but we don't want to tithe. We want answer to prayer, but we don't want to pray. We want healing, but we don't want to take steps of faith. We want to roll up to a spiritual McDonald's, ask for a triple value meal or whatever it is, a 20-piece chicken McNugget with two fries and two drinks for $9.99. Great deals on sale right now tonight. And we think that that's the way it is in the kingdom. Just give me my 20-piece chicken McNuggets. Now. It's not the way it is. We tend to have selective hearing. <laughs> I'm, my wife tells me I'm, I'm guilty of this. Sometimes she has to tell me things two or three times. Does anybody else have that problem in their house? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's light a candle. <laughs> Woo! Jesus, help us. See, the truth is that, that, that men, boys, even while they're in their mother's womb, there's a genetic wash that comes over their brain. They're partially brain damaged, ladies. They're not like you. You can listen to four things at the same time. We can't. We need help. 
If I'm reading the paper, I can't hear what my wife's saying. It's just like, I used to think I'm a great multitasker. I'm not. I'm a terrible multitasker, okay? I can do one thing. All right. The balance or foundation of our life is in our obedience. The person who hears and obeys is on the good foundation. I can't help but read this and think about the, the tidal wave that came through. Did anybody see those videos? Tragedy, tragic, tragic. You know, the houses that are still there, they're not made of wood. Buildings that remain on the coastline in the northern part of Japan are made of concrete. All the wood ones are gone, and some of the concrete ones too. In your life, you've got to build a solid foundation. Come on, a mighty oak tree. An oak tree, the root ball of an oak tree is as wide out as the leaves are. They have these eucalyptus trees in Hawaii. They're beautiful and they're huge. They look like, I just need one for winter. We're talking huge. Huge. I drive through this, this forest Every time I go to the islands for conferences and I look at these trees and go, I could just use that one. There's some deadfall right there. How can I just think, how can I get that to Alaska? Super hard. You can't, you can't really split it. You can't split it. cannot split it by hand. Near impossible. But they fall over and crush stuff. You know why? They have very shallow roots. They're huge, but very shallow roots. It's because, you listen, in your life, you need to have the roots. You need to have a foundation in the Word. You need to know the Word. I've hidden your Word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Listen, if you, if you self-examine yourself tonight and find out where you are in the Word, how much Word do you know? Know the Word. Learn the Word. Learn the Word about marriage and do it. Learn the Word about raising your kids and do it. Learn the Word about prayer and do it. Learn the Word about giving and do it. Listen, you don't, you're not just on your own little spiritual journey hoping it's all going to work out. Learn the Word. Do the Word and you will have a life that will be founded. I'm telling you, there could very, potent, very, very possibly be a potential of a meltdown of magnitude financially for the United States that we know nothing about. It could all come to this cataclysmic closing. And when and if that happens, and has been prophesied for many, many years, all of, all of it points on the horizon. We're in debt way over our eyeballs. Many generations at current rate could not get this country out of debt. The third strongest economic country in the world has just been leveled. It's Japan. We owe them more money, and they're going to need it right now. So you see, you start looking at all this stuff, you go, whoo, could be a little scary. Listen, all of you youth, you can text, you can play Xbox, PlayStation, whatever. You can punch each other and have fun. But I'm going to tell you something. You better wake up right now, baby. You better wake up because I'm going to tell you what's coming to your generation. If you're not ready, you won't make it. But we're going to train you. are going to make it. Amen? So if you're not on a solid foundation in this next season, examine your, hello, examine yourself tonight. How are you doing? Are you really serving God or are you just coming for a couple goosebumps, chicken skin? I hope it's all going to be okay. Try chicken skin in the midst of a tsunami. Got to know God. Got to be on a firm foundation. Don't play the victim of the devil, people. There's so many people have destroyed lives. as well. it's just the devil just hated me. No, it isn't. Shut up. You didn't make right choices. You didn't put yourself in a place of accountability. You didn't do the work. Okay, maybe you had issues that you needed healing from and you didn't get it. Okay. Understand that you've gone through things in your life and you didn't get healing. Well, get it. Get counseling. Get in a place. When I figured this out, I was at every altar call that existed when I realized I needed healing all the time of lots of stuff from my earliest memory. Jesus healed me. And so I'd come to the front. I didn't care whether somebody really cared about how it looked. They thought, oh, Brother Bracken, he's getting saved again. 
I get saved every Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, got saved again today. How long have you been saved? My mother used to say it. When, when somebody would ask her, how long have you been saved? Because it really was, I've been saved for 25 years. I was on the coast of the Pacific during the Jesus movement, people getting baptized. I was there. I was part of that great revival. I'm saved for 25 years. How long are you saved? My mother would say, I just got saved this morning. There's all this pride thing, how long you saved. Give me a break. All right. What do we do in light of this message? Hopefully you guys are getting something. The first thing is be quick to repent. Do what? Be quick to repent. Repent. Be quick to repent. Turn. Do a 180. Go the other way. Don't be a victim to the devil. If you find yourself looking at your life, realizing you've got issues tonight, praise God. That God has given you a grace to be able to see that you have issues. It's really bad when you just look forward in the mirror and think you're all ripped when really you're totally out of shape. Turn sideways. Be quick to repent. Say it. Be quick to repent. Now the depth of repentance, listen to me, the depth of repentance is the depth of revival that will come. In your own personal life. The depth of repentance. That is worth writing in the front of your Bible or something. The depth of repentance in your life will be the depth of revival that you experience with God. The longer you fight repentance, the harder it is. Look at B. Place yourself in a position of being accountable to somebody. Who has your shut up card? You constantly defend yourself when somebody corrects you. If you're constantly defending yourself when somebody brings correction to you, you probably have a problem. Place yourself under somebody in authority. Your wife, your husband. Life group leader, somebody that's trusted, somebody that, not somebody fly by night who comes into church one month and leaves the next because they're offended. I'm talking about somebody who stays in the midst of the storm. This is not a perfect church. If you find one, don't go there because you'll ruin it. You've got to find a church and you've got you to get planted. Every single person needs a pastor. Everyone. Every person needs a pastor. Everybody. Why? Because you need a spiritual covering and, and, and you, we just need that. We need accountability. So place yourself in a position of being accountable to someone. Some people get so offended. They're like onion skin. Like reeds that are blown in the wind. They end up being destroyed because they get offended. Some people have a fence written across their forehead just waiting for it. They just walk in. They're just waiting to get offended. If you're constantly offended, ladies and gentlemen... If you constantly are getting offended at people, the people are not the problem. I know that hurts. But if you're constantly put out by people, it's not them. If you come for counsel, predetermine that what you hear, biblically speaking, you're going to apply to your life. I've had people that counsel, that wanted counsel. They've come, they get counsel, and they don't do it. You know something? Don't waste my time. I've got people that really want help. Don't come just to get an opinion. If I don't, know, if you don't, if I don't agree with you, then you throw it out. You know, go counsel somewhere else. Is that too hard? I, I, I want to help people. You want help? Then come get, get some. We got, we'll, have, we'll help you. All right, yearn for more. This is the final Final point. Yearn for more of the Holy Spirit's work in your life. Galatians. Be spirit controlled. We're here to be changed, people. You didn't come tonight, I don't think, for entertainment. 
There's better entertainment on TV, I'm sure. <laughs> Wait and say, no, this is pretty good. I'm glad, glad you're pleased. We're certainly not here to entertain. We're here to all grow in God. Amen? So as you examine your life tonight, how are you doing? Check yourself. I mean, Jesus said, people came to him and said, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out devils in your name? Did we not do the things of your kingdom? And he says, get away from me. I never knew you. Now, that ought to make you think that you can even walk around with an anointing, with an unction, with a power, and a power of God, seeing people healed, devils being cast out, cancers going. You can lay hands on them. They even raise the dead. And that when you come before God on that great and dreadful day, they'll say, get away from me, I never knew you. Because you can actually do the works of Jesus and not have intimacy with Him. That ought to check you. Check yourself tonight. Examine yourself tonight. How are you? Are you living for God? Are you living for God? Are you? Don't play church. You've come to play church. I'll be certain to make sure you hate this place. Because I know that God is going to raise up people that are really hungry and thirsty and release a genuine outpouring of His Spirit and signs and wonders will follow, but lives will be transformed, lives will be changed. People who had planks in their eye will get them removed. There'll be loving accountability across the board and we will see people rise in a God-released holiness and power so that this world needs people who are not hypocrites. We need to not be hypocrites. The depth of repentance is the depth of revival. A humble and contrite heart, he will not spurn. Just examine your heart this week. Bring the service to a close. Altars open. You want to come before God and just examine your life, you certainly can do that. We call it an altar. I mean, you can do that in your chair. You can do it sitting. You can do it standing. You can do it on your face. It doesn't matter. Just do it. Examine yourself. Come. Come. Jesus. Revelation chapter 3. To the angel of the church of Sardius write, These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God, the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you were dead. Wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your deeds complete in my sight in the sight of my God. Remember therefore what you've received and heard and obey it. Repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief. 
will not know what time I will come. These letters to the churches in Revelation are so powerful. These are the words, Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. To the angel of the church of Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful, the true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say I am rich, I have acquired wealth. You do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Here's a people, a church, that thinks they got it going on, but they didn't even know that they were destitute. They, they had perhaps riches. But Jesus says, you don't realize that you don't have anything. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich. White clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness. Put a salve on your eyes so that you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I will eat with him. To him who overcomes, I will give him the right to sit with me at the throne. Just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He has ears to hear. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Lord, just come right now. Come on, in the closing moments of this service. I know we're almost done. It's just 8 o'clock now. We'll be done in a moment. Let God come and touch you. If you need to be made 
right with God, step out from where you're sitting and come to the front. Right now. You need to get right with God. Okay, Reggie, I'm going to pick on you, all right? Because I love it and I know you can handle it. There's, this woman's been serving God, I know for a fact, is on fire, lives righteously, lives the Word. She's come to respond to an altar call because the Holy Spirit has put something, put a finger on something in her heart. And she goes, oh God, I've got to get rid of that. I'm going to tell you something, the altar call ought to be full right now. Because there's not one person here who's been 100% sinless. Everybody here has got issues. Everybody. You all need to come to the front. You need to understand the moment of a holy service. And if you resist God, well then I'm going to tell you that's a big mistake. You telling me to get out of my seat? If you want to get right with God, you want to be cleansed by the Holy Spirit tonight? Yes, I am. If you're not ready to choose God and live for Him with all your heart, then stay in your seat. You make your choice right now. Right now. Going to live for God or you going to live for the enemy? You're choosing right now. Don't come because I'm pressuring you. Choose. But make a clear choice. They don't need to come if they don't want to. You're choosing. You choose. Everybody's on their own tonight. You're on your own tonight. Don't pressure anybody. They don't want to come. They don't have to come. It's between them and God. Then just talk to the Lord. I know some people probably came because I just said that if you stay in your seat, you're serving the, de- serving the devil. Yeah, I did. I just said that. That's what I said. I understand. So you get out of your seat because they don't want to be having that view. But I'm getting after it tonight. It's a time where we need to seek His face. It's a time where we need to repent of our shortcomings. I'm talking about not wearing your seatbelt. I'm not just talking about adultery. I'm talking about living for God with all your heart. Stop playing church. Don't play church. Don't play with God. It's His kindness that leads us to repentance. I know it's a hard message. I love you. That's why I'm bringing it. Come on, talk to Him. You don't need somebody to lead you in repentance. Ask Him to forgive you. It's that very thing that put Him on the cross. It's that very thing that crucified Him. It is that thing. You crucified Him. Make it personal. Your sin put Jesus on the cross. Repent of that thing. Lust, greed, anger, pride, arrogance, rebellion. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Jesus. Ask Him to wash you. Ask Him to cleanse you. I know it's a hard word. I don't want to beat on you. The devil beats on you enough. But there comes a time when a pastor's got to bring a message like this. I just wish the whole church was here. My soul cries. 
in the, the hospital my blood pressure was 70 over 40 and uh, they came rushing in and said Mr. Hall please don't stand up because uh, you'll faint and you might hurt yourself falling and fear came over me and I started crying out to God this is like 2 o'clock in the morning and the Lord just had me I love to read Isaiah 40 31 naturally they should rise up with wings as eagles, but I turned and my my eyes fell on Isaiah 30, verse 18, and therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you, and therefore will he be exalted that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are all they that wait for him. Fear left, blood pressure came up. You see, he's a loving God. So we've repented tonight. And Lord, we will live a life of self-examination. Not under condemnation. The joy of the Lord's our strength. You're a loving God, a forgiving God. You're a gracious God. Thank you. First John 1 John 1.9 If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's just affirm our faith all across this place. Just pray right out loud. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave. Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. So biblically, if you meant that before God, you meant that in your heart, guess what? You're totally, 100% forgiven. That's what Scripture says. Now, if you rip somebody off, go pay them back. Go do the right thing. Make things right now. Forgive people. Do the right thing. Always live a life of self-examination. Not self-condemnation, but you got to check yourself. This is a check-yourself day. Living in holiness, check yourself. Don't play church. Don't be fooling anybody. Definitely not fooling God. He loves you. He cares for you. Would you take someone by the hand as we close tonight? If you're being ministered to and you want to stay there, that's fine too. Holy Spirit, touch, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them, O God. Release those who have been bound by the chains of the enemy because of their repentance tonight. And do a deep work in us. The depth of repentance is the depth of revival. Lord, we yearn for the whole your Holy Spirit's work in our life. Tear down every stronghold, every mindset, every thought pattern that's contrary to your, to your plan and your word. Help us to be hearers and doers of the word. Help us to bear forth fruit. We thank you. And we praise you for the gift of repentance that you'll show us something and we can say, yeah, that's me. I'm giving it up. I don't want that. Thank you for people that bowed the knee to you tonight. We do. We bow the knee before you. We bow our hearts before you. And we say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just thank him right out loud. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless you. Bless you tonight. Jesus' name. Hope to see you Tuesday night. God bless you. Praise the Lord. If you want to continue to pray up here, you certainly can.